Hi, I'm David Stoker, and I want to welcome you to the Better Life and Recovery hashtag Hope Dealer Movement podcast. As a visible and vocal member of the recovery community since 2009, I'm frequently asked questions and for advice from people all the time. Some are curious, some are still using, some are in recovery, and some people just care about somebody who's currently struggling with a hurt habit or hangout. If people in my community have those questions, I guarantee that people everywhere are looking for answers as well. We started this podcast to give you answers and support because not only is recovery real, it is amazing. Hope you enjoy the show. Uh, let me introduce my co-host this week, uh, Josh Lean. How you doing, Josh? I'm good. I'm good. Hopefully everybody out there is doing well, too. Um, I am the uh, peer engagement coordinator for Springfield Recovery Community Center and also uh, the Well Aurora Campus Minister, and I am uh, super happy to be here today. So I always say I'm too recovery for the Jesus people and too Jesus for the recovery people. He's just too Jesus for the recovery people. <laughs> <laughs> too Jesus. <laughs> Amen. So anyway, um, so I will say this. You know, he did talk about being a pastor. This is not a faith-based podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, this, uh, I think we both believe that there's multiple pathways to recovery. Yes, sir. Um, for some, it may be Jesus. For some, it may be 12 steps. For right. some, it may be moderation. I yeah. mean, there's... For some, it might be medication. Right. 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 Um, I, I don't tell people I'm in Jesus-assisted recovery, uh-huh. uh, just like I don't feel like people that are prescribed medication should have to say I'm in medication-assisted recovery. Recovery right. is recovery. Yeah. And I because I believe in empowering people as a peer, uh, mm-hmm. recovery is going to look different for everybody, and they get to define what recovery is for them. Yeah. Would you agree? I, t- I totally agree with that. And I think... Um, you know, one of the uh, one of the most um, impactful statements I've heard you say, and I think it, um, it came from um, one of your buddies, uh, the one that dead people don't find recovery, right? And, and even when that how that leads to harm reduction, but even into the into the the idea of multiple pathways for recovery, right? right. If you tell people there's only this one way, this is the only way you're going to find recovery, and they don't find it that way, um, what kind of service are we doing them? Yeah. Hi, my name is David, and I work a program of humility that says my way of recovery is the only way possible. <laughs> right. And if you're not doing it the way I am, then surely you're going to end up relapsing and dying. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't say my friend coined that, but I mean, the first person that I heard say that was the person who taught me how to uh, do Narcan training and the first person mm-hmm. that really impacted me when it came to harm reduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would be Chad Sabor out of yes. St. Louis. Yep. I'll give him a shout out. Um, he's been huge in Missouri for helping us pass some bills that are instrumental in keeping people alive. Mm. But unfortunately, I think there's still a lot of people who don't know about those bills. Right, right. Um, I think that there are a lot of people that, uh, I mean, there's still so much stigma that people are afraid to come forward. Sure. Or if they do come forward, they don't know where to turn to. Uh-huh. So I want to take you back. My listeners back to a year ago. Let's do it. So a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago, uh-huh. Springfield had a huge spike in overdoses. I remember that. Uh, we had fentanyl that was in supply, mm-hmm. and we had this huge spike. And I mean, it was everywhere in the news. Yep. Uh, all, all over the, the newspaper. The yep. news. Uh, the the news. KY three color ten. Uh-huh. The radio. I mean, everybody was talking about. The overdoses. Yep. And, you know, I got some sobering facts. Uh, They just released the preliminary numbers for the first half of uh, this year. And compared to last year in Greene County, uh, we saw a 120% increase. Mm. So we more than doubled the number of opioid overdose deaths. 
And if you look at all drug deaths combined, we saw an 88% increase. Wow. And you think about, you know, you think about this a year ago, we were ha- we had the Springfield Overdose Summit, the SOS, and it was it was because of the the severe spike in overdoses. We had that. And now you add that to the fact that this year we're sitting in a spot where we're even 120% higher than that. Um, obviously, you know, the pandemic, COVID, all that kind of stuff plays a role, but what what's going on? You know, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what happened last year. Mm-hmm. So last year, it looked like it was going to be uh, all these overdoses were happening and the city released something. Hey, go here or here if you need to get Narcan. Mm-hmm. And they, they listed places that one of them I was supplying the Narcan to. Mm-hmm. And the other one, you had to be one of their clients and you had to have insurance or pay cash for the Narcan. Wow. So we were the only people that were giving it out for free. Wow. And yet we, uh, our organization, Better Life and Recovery, Springfield Recovery Community Center, uh-huh. and yet we weren't mentioned anywhere in it. And they also in that said, you know what? Basically, they said, hold tight. We've got city leaders together mm-hmm. and we are coming up with a plan to deal with this. Mm-hmm. So I called them up. Mm-hmm. I called up the city uh, and I said, hey, you know what? I just saw that you guys have a group of people together. And everybody that I've talked to, because I talked to some treatment people uh, and I talked to some recovery people and I'm like, everybody I've talked to hasn't been asked to come help come up with a game plan to address the overdoses. Mm -hmm. You know, that old nothing about us without us thing. Mm -hmm. I was like, so what are you guys doing to include our voice? And they're like, you know what? We are planning things and we will, we will take care of this. Uh Um, I'm like, I would love to join you guys as somebody in recovery that, you know, right. literally that teaches harm reduction yeah. all around the state, sure. you know, and is the only place in Springfield that's given out Narcan, fentanyl test strips and all right. these other uh, supplies to people. Hmm. And they said, no, we've got it taken care of. Hmm. So that was on, I think it's uh, Monday. Yeah, I think you're right. So Tuesday, I called two of the bigger treatment places here mm-hmm. in Springfield. I reached out to uh, Burl mm-hmm. and I reached out to Preferred Family Healthcare. Uh-huh. And I said, listen... Uh, next week I want to do an emergency overdose summit, uh-huh. which we ended up, it was the Springfield overdose, overdose summit, summit. Yep. SOS. Uh-huh. And I said, could you guys help me with that? Because I, I don't have money for a lot of things. Right. And they said, you know what? That sounds like a great idea. Yep. So where's your location? So I called the well, mm-hmm. um, at the time, I don't think it was my home church. Wow. Think about that. That's a so, trip. Right? So I called the well, uh-huh. um, and I said, hey, you know what? Your location is right off the square downtown. You uh-huh. have a perfect location for us to hold something. Uh, there's ton- You're at the bottom of a huge parking garage, uh-huh. so there's easy access to park. Yeah. So it's not like a lot of – we do a, a uh, conference every year at Missouri State, but uh-huh. parking can be really yeah, difficult yeah, yeah. there, I right, remember. because of all the yeah. students. Right. So I'm like, perfect location, not to mention there's a lot of people that need services that hang out on the right. square, and we're yeah. right off the square. Mm-hmm. So they said, absolutely. We'd mm-hmm. love to have you there. And then I worked with, started reaching out to other treatment organizations because what I really wanted to do with the, uh, with this uh, summit was make sure that people had information they could use if they were personally struggling or cared right. about somebody mm-hmm. who um, was dealing with chaotic substance use. Right. Right. Yeah. So I wanted a Norcan training there. Mm-hmm. I wanted uh to give out Narcan there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I called the Missouri Institute of Mental Health and right. they were like, can you come up? 
Yeah. And I was like, I sure can. And, you know, <laughs> right. they they loaded me down yeah, with Narcan. Did. I mean, they already supply the Recovery Community Center oh. um, through, first it was the STR, State Targeted Response to Opioid Crisis, and now the State Opioid Response Grant. Uh-huh. But they loaded me down because I'm like, listen, there could be hundreds of people there. Right. And there were a couple were. hundred people there. Absolutely there was. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, my phone started ringing. Uh-huh. You know, because all of a sudden, uh, the mayor wanted to be there. Uh-huh. Um, all of a sudden, I got, you know, um, the people that I'd reached out to and been right. like, hey, can I be there? Yeah. Uh, they started calling and saying, hey, we'd like to speak. Right. To the <laughs> right. point that, I mean, I had state reps there. Um, yeah. Uh, Josh Holly, who is in Washington, you know, one of our legislators yeah. in Washington, D.C., I got a call from his liaison uh-huh. saying, hey, would it be possible for him to come in and say a few words? Right. You know, so he came in and spoke for what five, ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, um, he zoomed in, right, but I mean, still, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So we weren't invited to the table, so we invited everybody to our table, we and we had a recovery pan- uh, uh, a treatment panel, right? Where we had a bunch of different treatment providers talking about how to access their treatment. Mm-hmm. We had recovery housing panel with a bunch of different recovery housing providers right. talking about ways that you could access their mm-hmm. housing. Yeah. We had other programs like uh, Epic, which goes into the emergency yep. rooms after overdoses, mm-hmm. and uh, the Tree Grant, which right. specializes in working with 12 to 25 year olds, including housing mm-hmm. and everything else, yeah. there so that people could learn about all the different programs out there. Yep. Uh, we gave out a couple hundred uh, Narcan kits. Uh-huh. You know, um, we gave out all this actionable information, and you know, for a few minutes, it felt amazing. Right, it did. I, I was like, that. man, it was great because it was just like we're. I wasn't. I knew how quickly we had planned it, and I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, man. And then when we got there, and like the mayor showed up, the Green County Commissioner showed up, and when the people started showing up, it was just it was unbelievable, and how how deep those resources went, and it felt it felt right for a minute. Huh? <clears throat> oh my gosh, it felt amazing! All of a sudden, we had all of these people that shared a stage together. Mm-hmm. You know, on our panels, we probably had about between the three panels, probably twenty five people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And each one of them was a director of a different organization. Right. Uh, we had, you know, a, a panel with, uh, the chief medical examiner, uh, the director of the green County health department, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, who else was on there? I think the mayor was on there, there. Uh you know, Oh, I can't remember. So, yeah, yeah, we had multiple people on, Uh did we have the chief of police there? I don't remember. I don't remember if we did or not, but anyway. Yeah. So I, we had all these people together on the same stage and I'm like, yes, Uh we're, we're finally going to start working together. Right. And it, so preliminary numbers came out. Yeah. Uh, for the first six months of this year compared to the first six months of last year. Have I already mm. talked about this? I think so. Um, With the, I said, we uh, did a little bit, yeah. Yeah, we saw a 120% increase. Yes. So we more than doubled yeah. our opioid overdose deaths. And we almost doubled, if you look at all drugs combined, uh-huh. we were at 88% yeah. increase. We, um, I mean, some of it's even scarier. Our homicides, we saw a 180% increase in homicides. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. that means we uh, almost tripled. Wow. Uh, almost wow. doubled. Tripled. Almost, yeah, we almost, almost tripled. tripled. Yeah. Yeah, we almost tripled those numbers. We, uh, and then, you know, I think there was a 37% increase in suicide deaths. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's not, I mean, we still have all these deaths of despair that are happening, right. which are the drug poisonings and uh, suicides. suicides. Right. And what happened, man, was we got all those people together and Uh then everybody went their separate way. Right. Uh Now, the one thing that did happen out of that is I did get a call from people at the city saying, hey, we'd like you to come be a part of uh, the the work group that we have now. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, that was in October mm-hmm. that we had it, the end of October. Mm-hmm. I believe the work group met in December or January. So mm-hmm. it was a, like uh-huh. a couple months after because right. they gave everybody this sheet. Uh-huh. They took she- they gave sheets to everybody and said, fill this out and give us some ideas of what right. you'd like to see happen. Uh-huh. And then we'll get together in like a month, month and a half, and we'll talk about it. So they're emailing all these people sheets. Right. Um, and people are sending their ideas back to them. And then we met. It was in January that we uh-huh. ended up meeting. And we talked about these ideas, uh-huh. and everybody talked about all the amazing things in Springfield they're doing, uh, which I'm like, okay, so what you're telling me is you're doing all these great things, but we have this huge spike in overdoses, and nobody right. knows how to address it. Uh-huh. But go ahead and tell me about all the amazing things you're doing. People are right. dying while you're talking about how amazing your organization is. That's <laughs> right. awesome. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah, right. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I feel like we do really good work here. Sure. But there's so much more we could be doing. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, so the last thing I want to do is sit there and pat myself on the back while we're having a record number of people dying. Right. Because that feels really disingenuous to me. Yeah, it is. And I think it's just like, where is the disconnect between we are doing great things and 120 percent increase in overdose deaths? Right. Oh. Well, Ooh. there's somewhere something that, that we're that we're missing. How is it that we can better educate or better get boots on the ground or better educate? So I got one for uh-huh. you. Um, I don't know if I've talked to you about this or not. Uh-huh. But uh, next Tuesday, so one of the ideas that I had, so we all met in January, uh-huh. and they're like, okay, we've heard from everybody, so let's come back in, I don't know, March, April, whatever it was. Right. Uh-huh. It was like a, a month and a half, two months later, and we'll, 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 we'll figure out what we're going to do. And I, I, I was just like, so why don't we do some of these things now? No, right. You know, like uh, not a lot of people know about the Good Samaritan Bill. Yeah, so why don't we create a public service announcement where we have like the chief of police and then somebody in recovery that has some street cred both talking about the bill so mm-hmm. that they can go, wait a minute. Half of the people will be like, chief of police says that his officers can't arrest. Right. Uh, me, if I call 911 or the person overdosing yeah. for certain crimes sure. and uh, somebody with street cred that people know uh-huh. going, hey, you know what? This is accurate. They cannot arrest you, right? Uh-huh. And they were like, well, no, first we all need to come to a consensus on what we're going to do in the next meeting before we do it. <laughs> and I literally, I, I think this is why I don't get invited back to a lot of right. meetings. A, I talk smack about them after because I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Right. But I was like, so aren't we all in consensus right now that too many parents are having to bury their kids and too many kids are having to bury their parents and we need to stop that? Yes. Isn't that the consensus? We're sick and tired of going to funerals and people dying from overdose deaths that are avoidable. Right. So why can't we do the commercial? And they're like, you know, we'll have to come back together and we'll have to talk. Oh, man. So here we sit um, nine months later. Right. uh, And I still really haven't heard any changes that have been made Hmm. by that group that met and said they were going to do all kinds of things. Right. You know. Nothing. Um, Now, like uh, RAU said it was opening up. It's the Uh rapid access unit. Uh Uh-huh. but I, I would be willing to bet once we look at numbers after it opened up that we're still going to see an increase in numbers after yep. it opened up. Um, mm-hmm. So part of the problem is once everybody left that meeting mm-hmm. where I thought, hey, this is where we actually come together and start working together. Right. Everybody went out and they're like, hey, I heard some great ideas there. I'm going to try to duplicate that yeah, myself. Right, right. right. And instead of people coming together, places started a bunch of new groups and a uh-huh. bunch of new 
uh, programs so that they could bill. Right. Instead of saying, hey, you know what? You're doing that and you're doing it really well. How about if we send people to you to support you you in doing that so that we can continue doing what we do and maybe adding another program that we need instead of duplicating the program you already Mm -hmm. have? Yeah, right. So so that killed me, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because I look back and that conference that we had, the Mm -hmm. summit. Yeah. Now, we did get some people Narcan, and I have had a couple parents get back to me who use that Narcan to save their kids' lives. So there were some decent things that came out of it. Some people left knowing how to get themselves or their loved ones into treatment or recovery housing and probably took advantage of that. So that's positive. I mean, one saved life is an amazing thing. Right. But we all crept back into our silos. Right. And you think about the reach that all of us had at that at that that moment, right? And how much of an impact we could have had. Oh my gosh. I I mean it was I mean we live streamed it too mm-hmm. and you know there was a couple thousand people that watched that live stream. Mm-hmm. So we hit thousands, right. you know, several thousand people if right. you count live and the live stream uh-huh. like while it was going on, not to mention the people that watched it after. Yeah. So so I do think there was a reach. We had all kinds of great organizations there. But I don't know why we can't work together. So, long story short, (laughs) uh, next week Uh I will be in this office Uh uh, with camera crew. Uh And we will be shooting uh, one of my friends, Rock Hagen, Mm -hmm. Uh um, who unfortunately his daughter was left by her friends to die all by herself Mm. from an overdose. And we will have the chief of police... Mm. Uh, Chief Williams, and we will have Shannon Tilly, who's a probation officer. And for probation, they had to go all the way up the chain. Like, they have to go all the way to DOC and ask permission because this is something them doing publicly. Wow. Um, But we are going to create a Good Samaritan 911 public service announcement advertisement, and then we're going to start, we're going to talk to a couple of the local stations and see what kind of deal they can work us to get that on air, and then we'll do some crowdfunding so that we can get the money we need. Isn't for that, that commercial. And if we can't get the money, then we'll probably end up paying for it ourselves. Right. Um, just because we need it. It's kind of like the Recovery Community Center when we first started it. Right. There were three people that paid the bills out of their own mm. pocket wow. so that this place could open up because mm. we saw a need for it. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's something like this that can educate on something so beneficial as the Good Samaritan Law. I mean, how many lives can truly be saved if people can understand what, what that really means? Yeah, and how many lives could we have saved if we would have ran with that back in January mm-hmm. instead of me having to do it uh, on my own? Yeah, you know, and I hate to say it that way, but right. it's the truth. It is. Yeah, you know, um, I feel like sometimes if we don't do it, then who will? Mm, that's good. You know? That's and, good. But it shouldn't be that way. Right. Right. You right. know, it really shouldn't. And I think that's what kind of breaks my heart. It is. Is not knowing. What about like on an individual level? What can like some of the listeners? What can what can we do to help get involved? Uh, get Narcan trained. Get Narcan trained. Um, get equipped with Narcan. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure that you know whatever community you live in, wherever you're listening to this, mm-hmm. you know where you can get Narcan, where Narcan's accessible, mm-hmm. so that if you have somebody who is using or has a kid that's using or a loved one that's using, you know where to send them. Right. Because at the end of the day, uh, like you said. Like we all say, dead people never find recovery. So it's really important that we access those services. Yeah. I personally don't want people to uh, continue chaotic use of drugs, right. but I want them to die even less. Yes, exactly right. So, you know, sometimes I have people and they're like, well, it seems like you're promoting drug use. You get fentanyl test strips. And I said, no, I'm 
promoting breathing and heart <laughs> right. beating and blood yes, coursing through right. uh-huh. cognitive functioning. Right. That's uh-huh. what I promote. Yes. Um, I firmly believe that every life has value. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the social worker in me, but right. we had one of our cores uh-huh. was unconditional positive regard, which says people have value no matter what. I firmly believe that as well. You know, yeah. so, uh, you know, to quote an old jazz singer from mm-hmm. back in the 20s or 30s, my God, don't make no junk. <laughs> you I know? love it. That's um, so true. Yeah. You know, everybody has worth and value. Mm-hmm. Everybody is somebody's loved one. Right. And, you know, I mean, you have children. Yeah. I would no less want one of your kids to die than a, a, a child of somebody I don't know. Absolutely. You know, and yeah. that's just being a compassionate person. I don't have to know you right. to care about you. And yeah. I don't have to know the people that love you to know that they would miss you right? if you were gone. And yeah. it would kill them. Yep, I right? agree. So, you know, that's one of the things we can do. Mm-hmm. For sure. To maybe put yourself out there. Volunteer at a community center. Yeah, volunteer at a homeless a shelter. Right. Uh, you know, there's all different kinds of places we can volunteer. Um, I hate to pick on churches. Uh-huh. You know, but I'm going to. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was talking to, uh, to somebody about it earlier. Uh-huh. I... I know so many people that have spent two, three thousand dollars so they could go on a mission trip for five days to Haiti uh-huh. or Cuba or one of these places, right. but they won't put fifty cents of gas in their car and drive somewhere in town to help somebody that's less fortunate. Yeah, right. you know, uh, they don't want to be seen around those people. Right. Uh, most of us are those people yeah, at the exactly. end of the day. Um, I don't know anybody that doesn't have a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up. Right. Something that's consuming their life that they don't need to address. Mm-hmm. So sure. instead of looking down on people because they use drugs while I'm sitting there eating an entire ch- right. cherry cheesecake. Yeah. Right. Um, but I want to feel less bad about the fact that I'm 150 pounds overweight and I'm a glutton. Right. I'm going to look at them and point out what they're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. I agree. Right? So yeah. maybe if we minimize some of that and start treating everybody with love and compassion True. and actually get to know people intentionally, talk right. intentional conversations with people that you might not normally talk to, mm-hmm. to find out their stories. I agree. A lot of us don't have dr- drug problems. Right. You know, you've heard me talk about this quite a bit. Yeah. I had a drug solution. I mean, right. unaddressed childhood trauma was my problem. Oh, absolutely. You know, and until I got that taken care of, I was always going to find a way to number escape. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of other people out there that are dying on the inside. And then do you, they see the way you look at them. All right. All right. And it just mind. reinforces the way they already think everybody feels about them. All right. Just, you know what? I might as well go get high. I mean, I'd rather die in my addiction than have that person judge me every right. time they see me. Yep, I totally agree. So it is. It's tough. And I think another thing we can do is you guys are hearing things we're saying like Good Samaritan Law and fentanyl strips and Narcan and harm reduction. And maybe you don't understand what those words mean. I would suggest that you guys start Googling that kind of stuff. Try digging into it. That way you can know. That way you can know why you need Narcan on hand, why you need fentanyl strips if you if you have friends and family members that are in chaotic use, and why why it's important to understand where you stand on the on, on the issue of like harm reduction, right? Or syringe access. Or syringe access. You know, we live in a state where it's a misdemeanor to give somebody a sterile syringe if you know they're going to use it for drugs. Mm. They're going to use drugs anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's a $0 fiscal note because we will pay for the syringes ourselves to give them to people. Uh-huh. Um, so it's a zero dollar fiscal note that will save the state of Missouri. That would save just the state of Missouri uh-huh. tens of millions in dollars because they're not having to treat all the new cases of hepatitis C right. and cases of HIV. Right. Not to mention people that are uninsured yeah. or underinsured mm-hmm. um, having to get treatment for bloodborne infections, sepsis. Right. I mean, staff, all these other all that, staff, yeah, 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 all these other uh, 
things that are going to pop up from them reusing and sharing syringes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a no-brainer. It is. Well, you want people to use drugs? No, no. But I want people to be as safe as possible. Yeah. yeah. I want people to live long lives mm-hmm. and imagine that here I am and mm-hmm. I'm finally starting to get my life back together mm-hmm. and I'm start, I'm stepping into recovery. I'm not using. I'm getting a job. I'm making 10, 12 bucks an hour because sure. that's what I can get because I have a felony on my record. Right. Uh-huh. And... I get insurance. I go to see my doctor and he says, well, a couple things. Um, Number one, we looked and you've got about $40,000 in outstanding hospital bills. Uh And number two, uh, we ran your blood test and you're hep C positive. And Mm. that's going to cost about $60,000 for us to treat. I mean, what does that do? And we could have avoided all that. And if the state pays for it, I mean, literally... To treat hep C, we're looking at somewhere between, from what I've seen, it's somewhere around $60,000, dollars $60,000. We have cheaper methods, but they still have all the hospital visits, sure. doctors, nurses, all the medical right. stuff. It's not a cheap process. And when you have thousands of new cases times $10,000, you I, know. That adds up quick, right? Really quick. Absolutely, it does. And I, I think that... Um, you know, the, even even saying the word like syringe, right? Syringe access, and, and that brings up these these pictures in our minds that we have to we have to reframe what 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 it is that we see when we say that. Instead, we see people's lives being saved, right? We don't we don't see that we're encouraging drug use. We're encouraging someone to find recovery, not death. Absolutely, you know, and it might just be recovery at that time mm-hmm. from sharing syringes you know they might be in recovery from one of their bad choices yeah right now they're making a better choice i'm using sterile syringes Mm -hmm. are they still using drugs yep Mm -hmm. but they're making better choices with it yeah and maybe those better choices turn into more better choices down the road and maybe they don't yeah maybe that's the best they ever get but you know what it gives them ability to live a healthier life Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day i'm sick and tired of putting everything putting my recovery Mm -hmm. In comparison to everybody else's. Right, right. Because I can find people whose recovery is way better than yeah, mine, too. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, instead right. of looking for the people that are kind of slouching, I can find the people. I mean, yeah, I've got an okay uh-huh. recovery, but I mean, right. look at Iron Man. Yeah. Man, he, he's making hundreds <laughs> of millions of dollars in his recovery. Yeah, exactly. Man, my recovery yeah. sucks. <laughs> so oh, true. Oh, my gosh. Right. You know, as pastors, we have a say, they said, we don't don't judge someone else's spiritual journey, right? And it's a, it's the same idea when it comes to somebody in recovery, man. You can't judge someone else's recovery journey. You can't do it, you know, because we all start at different places, yeah. you know, and you can't judge it. And that's that's kind of been a rough one for me spiritually, uh-huh. you know, where I would get a little salty looking at some people and being like, what are they da, 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 even doing here? Da, 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 da. <laughs> and when I had to realize everybody's in a different place than I am, uh-huh. and how did I feel whenever, I mean, I was an atheist and then agnostic for the majority of my life, for mm-hmm. about the first 40 years of my life. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay, I actually chose probably when I was 12. So like, I don't know, 25, 30 years of yeah. my life. Yeah. Um, because of the people inside the building and the way they judged me and the way right. they looked at me, I was like, you're such a freaking hypocrite. Right. Screaming at me that I'm going to go to hell because I'm not saved, and you're sticking a needle in your arm right next to me. Yeah. You know what? Say that one more time, and I will never sell you dope again. Right. You know, I mean, I, I've had those right. conversations I, with people. Too, Dude, man. get out of my I house. Know. I know. Yeah. I cannot believe you're going to sit here and preach to me while you're getting high with me. Yeah. What the heck? You know, yeah. that's what I was kind of surrounded by. Mm-hmm. So that's how I thought all Christians was. And then one day I realized, oh crap, you're kind of becoming that guy yourself. <laughs> Holy wow. cow. Uh-huh. So, man, I would tell you, love people. 
Right. It doesn't matter where they are. Yeah. Um, you know what? I don't care if you're a Christian, if you're an atheist, if you're a Muslim. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have worth because you're a human being. Yep. You know, I don't care if you're high, nice. sober, straight, S-curved. I mean, whatever the <laughs> heck you are. Whatever it is. You know. Um, yes. But seriously, it doesn't matter. Everybody yeah. has value. And I think a lot of times we try to use other people that are worse off than we are to make ourselves feel better 100%. about how jacked up yeah. we are. Yeah. Right, and you we know. try to measure measure our worth or measure our value based on that, and it's it is a um, it reminds me of like the saying of like the crabs, like you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, um, and you don't have to put a lid on it because if one crab tries to get out, another crab is going to grab it and yank it back down. Right, it, you don't even have to put a bucket on yeah. it, so don't be a crab. Man. And he's not doing it to hurt the crab; yeah. he's doing it because he wants to get out too. He's like, <laughs> I'm joining you, you, buddy, got it and it won't yank yep. it right back down. So yeah. instead of pulling down people down, let's try lifting them up. Yes, exactly. Right? Um, let's. Uh, I don't know, man. Let's stop patting ourselves on the back about how great we're doing Mm -hmm. and all these amazing new programs that we're starting up and everything else because if we're not seeing a reduction in the number of people dying, Mm -hmm. then how good is what we're doing anyway? Right. Really. Exactly. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just want to be honest with you. Are we making a dent? Yeah, we're making a dent, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but the truth is we have so far to go. Yeah. And I mean, I love the fact that everybody thinks they're doing the most amazing work ever because they do. I hear them talk about it all the stinking time. Oh, well, you know, unlike this place, we're da-da-da-da. Unlike that place, we still... you Were you open in the last year? Okay. okay. And you stayed open the whole time, uh-huh. right? So you were seeing people during COVID and everything else, so why didn't we see a reduction in... Oh, because oh. maybe we're not doing as good as we should be. Right. Just right? honest reflection. So... Honest reflection. I don't know, man. I'm done. I'm over it. I'm uh-huh. over... Uh, I'm over us not coming together and working together. Mm-hmm. It breaks my stinking heart. Right. You know, that we don't have more people sitting down. Like I was at a meeting today and I kind of went off about it at the uh-huh. meeting today. It's called the Recovery Coalition, the Ozarks. It's a bunch of organizations from all over. But even there, I mean, there's a couple of us that work together. But a lot of times it feels like people are going in there just so they can tell everybody all the great stuff they're doing. And then they go home. Gone. <clears throat> now, don't get me wrong. They might. Be, I'm, they're right. also promoting themselves and trying to get people to send people to the, their place and everything right. else. Um, at the end of the day, it. To me, it really doesn't matter uh, how many people come to the Recovery Community Center. I love that we have people here. Right. Um, I I love that we will continue to have people here, but I'm not in competition with anybody. Yeah. There's nobody that I look at and I'm like, oh my God, that's my competition. Right. You know, uh, A, I don't believe anybody locally does what we do as well as we do. Right. So they're really not competition. (laughs) And that's the cocky side of me. But the other side of me is... Obviously, there's people that are not going to benefit from our services that might uh-huh. benefit from one of the other services out there. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some services I will not refer to because they're unethical. Yeah. And I won't tell you which ones those are because I'm not going to talk smack about right. them. I just never bring them up. When somebody's uh-huh. like, hey, where's a housing place I can use? Right. They're not on my oh, list. Yeah. I understand right? that for sure. When somebody talks about, I need treatment, I'm like, hey, male, female, What's their drug of choice? Are they okay to medication? Is there a lot of trauma? Do they have mental health? I ask those questions too. And we've had a podcast about that already. Right. You know, about the questions people should be asking. And then there's a couple of places I refer them to, but there's a place or two I won't refer to. Yeah. Absolutely. Because they don't give good services. Yep. I'm the same you way know. for sure. So. For sure. I think our competition is this right here against this overdose. Yeah. yeah our competition is uh, the curve. Yeah. And yeah. trying to flatten that curve mm-hmm. so that we're not seeing a reduction. I don't think we'll ever do away with overdoses. Yeah. 
Right. Um, but man, when we're more than doubling them or almost doubling them, mm-hmm. I mean, statewide, you know, the preliminary numbers, um, let me look it up really quick. It'll just take one second. Uh, why don't you sing a song really quick to fill it in? Just kidding. There's probably copy- <laughs> I was going to say there's probably there's probably copyright laws and somebody will bust it on, bust us on it. <laughs> you know, but I want to say uh. statewide it was right under fifty percent increase in those overdose deaths for the entire state. Wow. So I mean, we've got a lot of issues that we are trying mm. to overcome, and I. Gosh, I feel like we could be doing it so much better if we all work together. Really, if we stopped duplicating what other people are doing well and supported what they're doing well, and then focused on what we do well, or try to figure out, hey, what can we do better, Mm -hmm. right? Because I may be doing, if somebody else is doing something really well and I support them, and I don't Mm -hmm. have to do it too, it gives me more energy and more resources to focus on whatever it is I either am doing really well or what I can do in the future. Yeah. Right. So I don't know any uh, wrap up stuff while I finish looking at. <laughs> I think so overall statewide, uh, we went from 500 to 716, and those are just opioid involved wow. deaths. So statewide, we saw a 43 percent increase. Wow. So the bad news is in Springfield, almost three times wow. the increase that the state had. You know, uh, mm. St. Louis, which is a really, I mean, that's where we generally get hit the most. Yeah. They had a 48% increase. Wow. So once again, we almost tripled their increase wow. that they had there. So it's really, really scary. It is. I think. I and think when did COVID hit? March? March. Yep. So, I mean, if you look at uh, for the state, you're going to see that. You know, for the state in January, we saw a 10% reduction mm-hmm. over the, the month before. But in February, we had a 30%. So before COVID was really even here and yeah. we were shut down, right. we already saw a 30% increase. Yeah. You know, then in March, we had a 28% increase. In April, we had a 118% increase. Man. May, we had an 80% increase. June, we had a 53% increase. Wow. So it happened before we were shut down and before COVID. So we can't really blame it on COVID. Right. If we saw a 30% increase in February before. for the state, yeah, that was before COVID was here. So maybe we need to find something else to blame it on. Yeah, I think it's just us working together. Yeah. I, I really believe that that's, we, can, we can fight this. And don't kill the messenger, but you know we need to be supporting people instead of saying, well, you know, when people have off-the-wall ideas like uh, Jesse Harvey, uh, who started the Church of Safe Injection uh-huh. in Maine, you know, instead of shooting down people's ideas like his because he couldn't get syringe access. But what he discovered is if he created a church and gave those syringes out as part of their religious worship, hmm. that there was nothing the state could do because it was part of his part of the religion. So he wow. created his own church wow. and would hold church out of the back of his car where he would give out uh, sterile uh, supplies. So wow. people could use, whether it's sterile, you know, toots, whether right, it's, right. you know, cookers and cotton yep. and syringes and everything else. Wow. And a lot of people were really upset with them. But, oh, my goodness, what a way to get around it is. something that's killing people, killing people. and killing increasing people. their shame. Yeah. Right. So I know this has ran a little bit long, probably because we haven't done one in a while. We, we will start doing these once a week. We'll yes. start having them out there once a week again. We've also got some other really cool things. Um, Look for a YouTube channel that I'll be talking about in the next couple weeks. I think we'll go live here in probably a month or so. But we're going to start having a testimony every week that will be coming out. 
Um, we're getting ready to start filming those. So lots of really cool things coming up. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, just remember there's a there's amazing resources in all of our communities. Some of us are amazing resources, mm-hmm. but you know, if you call yourself an advocate and you have to introduce yourself to your state rep or your senator, right. you're probably not an advocate. Uh, if you call, you know, if you say that you're truly concerned about what's going on in your community and you're not partnering with other organizations and instead are sitting there like mine, mine, mine. Right. Hey, I like what they're doing, so I'm going to do that too. Right. Um, if those are the things that you're doing, then you're part of the problem, not part of the solution. Right. Right. Please uh, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> you go right, make money somewhere else doing something totally different. Yeah. I mean, this is—you're not going to get rich doing this, and if right. you are, then you're probably not doing it right or yeah. for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm a bad example. Uh, I've over the last couple of years, I've switched jobs t- twice. I went from being a therapist to the Missouri Recovery Network, right. and I took a. pay cut. And then I came to Springfield Recovery Community Center and I took another 30% pay cut Mm -hmm. when I came here. Um, I'm good at taking pay cuts, but you know what? I sleep good at night and I do know that I'm making a difference, Mm. but man, I wish we would work together so we could have a much bigger impact because right right now it's killing me. So man, reach out to those organizations that are doing great work and figure out ways to support them and what they're doing so that you can focus on whatever you're doing so we can streamline what we do yes. so that we're not trying to do 8 million things right there's 37 375,000 clothing closets in Springfield and yet people are continuing to open up more clothing closets right i'm like why do we need another clothing well you know there's homeless there's this there's that well you know christy love yeah um, she's doing some amazing things. So why don't you donate some clothes to her right. um, so that she can do that so that you can focus on other things so you can do it well. Exactly right. Well, you know, I'm going to do this, but there's already 12 other places doing that. What can you do that nobody else is doing that's going to make an impact? Right. And just help support those other things. Yep. I yeah. agree. Totally. So until next time. Until next time. Um, I don't know, man. If nobody's told you today, I love you. I care about you. Um, you deserve an amazing life. You deserve to live the best life you can live. And, you know, I pray that you have people in your life that allow it to be self-directed and don't try to force you to do things you don't want to do and tell you everything that you have to do. Yeah. That's my closing. What you got? I, I, I agree with that. And just um, somebody would have told me this back in the day is that you are worth it. You are worth it. Yeah, you're good enough, you're strong enough, and gosh darn it. People like you. like you. Have a great one, guys. Peace. Later. <laughs> In closing, I just want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Please join us every week for new episodes. If you want to connect with us further, if you have any questions, topics you'd like to hear in the future, or maybe would like to be on the podcast sometime, you can connect with us at betterlifeandrecovery.com. Uh, there's a better life and recovery page on Facebook, or you can, uh, we're on Twitter, uh, B L I R underscore N P O. Also, this podcast is part of the studio DNA podcast network. You can find out more about the network at studio DNA Thanks a lot. Y'all have a great week. Now premiering on the Studio DNA Network, Sif Pop Writers Room, a new show consisting of the writers of SifPop.com. On a rotating basis, we'll be discussing some classic movies we're watching for the first time, some comic book movies, some nostalgic movies, and what TV shows we're currently watching. But each week, we'll also be taking a look at the movies that are coming out soon and give our thoughts on how we think they will turn out. 
If you love movies, Sif Pop Writers Room is the place to be. So come on in and we will pull up a chair for you.